Um, okay, so one book is The Mountain Is You. That's by Brianna Weist. And she also wrote this book that I'm going to start reading soon. It's called The Pivot Year because I'm looking for a pivot year. Mm. Kind of cool. Like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It seems like it might be like a daily affirmation type of thing. So I need to do some more research. But I liked the title, The Pivot Year, because I want to pivot. Um, but The Mountain Is You is similar to the book that I would like to write. But my title is not so great. My title is What If You're the Fucking Problem? It prob- it, your title is great. Honey. Okay. And her title is The Mountain Is You. I think and you're so saying her, t- her is kinder. It is kinder, <laughs> right? But it gives you all these revelations about how the things that you um, deem as challenges in your life, like have you created any of that? Is the friction coming from your belief system or your mindset, the way you're looking at things, the way you're approaching things? And so if you think you might be the problem or you don't know if you're the problem, but you've got problems in your life, I think that that's worth reading. The Mountain Is You. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. And we're the Copelands. We are entrepreneurs, parents, business and life coaches. Lifelong learners and so much more. On this podcast, we share some of our best and worst experiences. (laughs) From raising kids to building businesses or having a career you always dreamt of. We tackle it all. And all the funny moments in between. Look, life can be a challenge and sometimes you just need the right friends to help you push through. Pushing you to the right mindset and perspective that shifts life in your favor. So if you're like us and you're always looking to grow, laugh, and dream big, this is the place for you. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. What's up? And I'm Eddie Copeland. I got all the energy in the world today. Uh, even though I'm feeling a little, I got a little scratchiness in my in my throat, you know, and I don't normally get sick. So you got me, I'm drinking this tea, this elixir, mm-hmm. you know. So you have energy, but you're not feeling well. I know. I'm, I'm I want to be I'm, you I'm, when I'm I get sick. I'm giving my very best. This is like the Michael Jordan flu game. Okay. You know about that? I don't, but you better better ask somebody. Mm. If you don't know, you better ask somebody. Remember that? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't have a what in the world today, but um, I have a a fun little story. Okay. My aunt Jamie, um, she came to visit from Oregon. By the way, I have a what in the world, but go ahead. Okay. Are are we doing this? Yes. You want to talk about a what in the world? No, no, you go first. Okay. Am I leading this or are you? Yeah, you are. Go ahead. Okay. So again, back to me. Aunt Jamie came, spent a week with us, and Uh we wanted to show her around town and do a bunch of fun things with her. She wanted me to help her make some sugar cookies. She's learning the art of, you know, decorating cookies. And so I was like, don't pay for a class. Come spend some time with me, and I'll show you how to do that. We also went to Color Me Mine and painted a piggy bank, and she was just obsessed with it. So Uh she had a really good time. While she was here, um, well, before she came, my girlfriends and I were trying to get together and have a little um, holiday gathering, and we wanted to do permanent bracelets for like the last six months. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, while Jamie's here, what a better way, you know, to have her have fun and to introduce her to the permanent bracelets. We'll do the girlfriends gathering at my house. So I put together a little invitation. It was like friendships and flannel, bring a girlfriend. And there was like 20 people here. Mm -hmm. And so she got really nervous, Jamie. She's like, you're having this party. I don't really know anyone. I'm like, don't worry. I got you. Everybody that comes is going to be a lot of fun. And then she saw me kind of going crazy about like, you know, the the food that everyone was going to bring. It was supposed to be potluck. But funny story, I should have just assigned everyone something because everyone was either going to go to Porto's or make charcuterie boards. Mm -hmm. And so I wound up like saying, hey, can you make deviled eggs? But can you make them look like this? Hey, can you make a charcuterie? But can you make it look like this? Because I wanted it to be festive. Right. So note to self, next time I should just assign people. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody was cool with that. But everything looked great. It was wonderful. So my Aunt Jamie's like watching me prepare all these prizes and like make all these games because I wanted to have fun and get everybody like involved in moving because there was a lot of friends that were coming that don't necessarily know each other. Mm-hmm. And that's a sidebar. Do you have friends that are really good, let's say, work friends 
but they don't know your school friends or your childhood friends mm-hmm. or your soccer friends or yeah. whatever, right? right? Right. So you have these like pockets of friends that you think you're really close with, but the friend groups don't actually know each other. Right. It makes me so nervous to bring them all together. Really? What if they don't like each other? What if they have nothing to talk okay, about? Okay, people, here's the thing. My lovely wife has this amazing mutant power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this mutant power is empathy. Mm-hmm. And she cares so deeply about everyone and making sure everyone has a good time mm-hmm. that these are the types of things that bother That keep her. me up at night. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God, Susie's coming. She's kind of an introvert. She's great with just me, but how is she in a group of, you know, a large group of people that she won't know? I want to make sure she's comfortable. So I assign people to other people. <laughs> well, Linda, it, you're in charge this, of Susie. What's so funny is like this is... One of the few things that we're completely opposite on. Yeah. Because I'm like, people are in charge of their own fun. Yeah. Eddie I'm, does not care. <laughs> I, yeah, you'll figure it out. Yeah. And if you can't, that's your problem. Right. Right. But, you know. You Maybe women are a little bit more. No, I just want everybody to have a good yeah, time. Yeah. So my aunt Jamie says she starts to get nervous. And I'm like, okay, chill out. Like, I promise you these women are going to be really fun. They're going to like you. This and she's well, I don't know anybody. Well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> They're my friends, but I want to do this so that way you can meet them. And I promise you'll love everyone. So she's getting nervous. Then she's getting nervous because she's like, you're spending all this like money on prizes and time on games and stuff. No one's really going to play these. And I was like, no one's going to play these. Uh, what kind of parties do you go to? Right? Right, right. Yes. Everyone that comes to the party is going to play the games. And she goes, well, I'm not going to play the games. Girl. Yes, you are. So you better believe she played the games. We had a great time. Everyone was laughing and hooping and hollering and the prizes were great. And it was so much fun. Yeah. So I was happy about that. However, one of the little icebreakers we did was um, you guys might have seen like on TikTok there. You make this tree with these cups and tissue paper and you punch in and you pull something out. Well, instead of prizes, we wanted to encourage some of the women to walk up and like punch it, pull out a question that was like an icebreaker question so we could all get to know each other. And so some of the questions were like, what's the most interesting place that you've ever traveled to? Why do you love it? People are like, um, the Cayman Islands and other people are like, oh, my family's from there. Okay, great connections, right? Um, What's your favorite guilty pleasure or show right now? We talked so much about Yellowstone. We're obsessed with it. By the way, sidebar, Eddie just came and showed me. This was he an NBA player, some sort of football player, something in a really nice suit with a damn cowboy hat on. And he was like, don't tell me you don't like this. I'm like, yeah, I like that for him, not for you. And <laughs> you he, you're like, why me in the cowboy hat yet? Yeah, you're from Inglewood, Doesn't California. Matter. I am a, not I, cowboy I am a, hat. I am a renaissance man. I am, okay. I, Speaking know, it's of not about where you're from is where you're at. Yeah, you're right. And, and where I'm at in life is a cowboy hat sounds really good right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm going to say no to that. Okay. I saw the Renaissance movie last night. Okay. Okay, back to the question. So, um, you know, what's what's your go-to karaoke song and could you sing it for the crowd right now? Marcella threw that in there and mm-hmm. Shelly got it. Shelly was like, yeah, I'm definitely not singing. I don't, I don't know music. I don't know. Like, I don't have, I was like, okay. That's a hard one, Marcella. Like, no one's going to just break out into song and so, start singing karaoke songs. So, so you know how sometimes, like, I don't know, like, questions come to me uh-huh. to get people to do things uh-huh. that they probably would normally not do. Like? Like, so we had a holiday party for work, right? Mm-hmm. And someone was like, oh, one of my skill talents is, is singing. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I'm not going to sing. And I said, well, if you were living life free, what would you sing? Mm-hmm. Right? And he's all, don't <laughs> yeah. stop believing. And everybody was all, if you were living life free. <laughs> and like, and so it makes you go, well, I am living life free. Right. No, you're not. No, you're not, because you won't sing. Right. You, you, well, you Shelly, that's for you. You putting this skill yeah. in the side of a box and not letting us get access to it. So yeah. anytime so somebody Eddie doesn't... peer pressures this poor man, <laughs> and then the next thing you know, he's in the middle of a Mexican restaurant singing opera. <laughs> Is that who it was? No. Oh. It was someone else. He he didn't have to be told anything. Oh, he, he wanted was, to sing opera. He was already living free. <laughs> and so for, for those who are listening right now, if you're living a life and you have skills and things that you know how to do, and you just decide not to, you're not living free. True. You're free. True. Sing your song, right? Yeah, honey. What's your song? You're so passionate about it. What's your song? What's my song? Um, 
I don't know. I just pulled that wedding song out of my <laughs> um, go-to karaoke song. I, the first one that comes to my mind. Wait, wait. On three. Uh, okay. One. It's not going to be the same two, one. Three. So tell me what you want. Oh, what you really, no. really want. Tell me, it's a Spice Girls song. What were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, I thought it was going to be, I got friends. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Places. We're so eclectic with our musical choices right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know who sings it. Is it Garth Brooks? I have no clue. Yeah, no the clue. whiskey flows. But that song and, uh, stayed with me after oh one gosh. cruise. Yeah. Seeing that. We that did was great. karaoke with my family on a cruise. Right. And we couldn't stop singing Friends in Low Places. Yeah, that was that great. That was great. Okay. Tell me what, you want. <laughs> what? Why is that your song? Because we went to a wedding recently. Okay, another sidebar. My cousin got married. We went to a wedding on Friday right. of last week. And then Saturday, we picked my aunt up from the airport, and it's been nonstop. Wednesday, I have the party, right? So it's just been crazy, a crazy week. But we go to this wedding, and we were, like, taking bets. Like, is the music going to be good? Because just in case you didn't know, the DJ makes or breaks your wedding. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Right. So we were kind of like, what do we think that the DJ will play? For sure, Journey. Don't stop believing. Like, gets the whole crowd, all generations. That's Journey? isn't it i don't, don't know don't stop i don't know believe it i don't know i feel like most Maybe. white weddings they play that yeah okay um well they played a lot of different things but the dj was not quite on par no like the groom was upset about it yeah you know it's like the problem is is like you know a D djs usually ask you for some type of list mm -hmm. and then they take it as a suggestion a it's a light, light suggestion, suggestion right and then when they don't play the things in your list, I, I think you have the right to be a little upset. Yeah. Like you hired them to play music that mm -hmm. you know you want to dance right. to. Play the list. Right. <laughs> uh, like literally our wedding was ruined because they didn't play the list. Mm -hmm. I had it categorized for God's sakes. Play yeah. this during dinner. Play this during. It wasn't ruined. Well, it wasn't, wasn't ruined. You're right. <laughs> but the DJ's a big deal. Right. It just so wasn't at one point when my cousin was like really upset about the DJ not playing, you know, his list for him and his bride, I turned to my husband, my sister, my brother-in-law, and I was like, okay, whatever whack-ass song this DJ plays next, when the beat drops, I want you to go crazy like it's the best song of your life. And we indeed did that. And we got the party super hype and everyone came to the dance floor like it was the best song. And then the DJ just thought he did all that. Yeah, but we, we single handedly held that wedding together. A bunch of false confidence. We did. Yeah. But we yeah. had so much fun yeah, because we, we lived full out. We live full out. Right. We live free and full. People live free and full. If, if you have a song, sing it. If you have if you know how to dance, dance. What's your heart song? What's your karaoke song? Um, it's a Tupac song. Okay. It's uh, if if um, now I'm, you put me on the spot. I'm getting nervous. First off, no, oh. it's not. <laughs> I can't <laughs> sing that on this podcast. <laughs> That's my go-to. My wife's go-to Tupac, uh, Tupac song is called "Hit 'Em Up." Mm, if you have Apple best. Music, go and check check it out. You can see how hood she really is. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't deny it. I'm a straight writer. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay, another question. Share a quote or a piece of advice that had a significant impact on your life this year. Mm. Do you have one? A particular quote. Um, yes, I do. I, I do have to look it up. Okay, it's okay. It we'll come notes. back to okay, it. Come back These to are me. icebreaker questions for a party. Did you for, have one? Um, I have so many. Like you, I have a note in my phone where anything that hits me hard, I keep it in a note. So maybe that'll be the next podcast, okay? Right. But last question was, what's the best book that you've read recently and why did you enjoy it? Love this question and that's what the whole podcast today is about. It's going to mm. be short and sweet, but um, we wanted to talk to you about kind of our 2023 book picks of the year. Right. Why? Because one, you might be wrapping up the year wanting to uh, learn a couple more things, right? We had someone today, one of our family members reach out and say, hey, I need a book. I just got to be better at life. So if you have any recommendations, I was like, I need a category, bro. Like, do you want to get better at life with finances, better with relationships, communication? Do you want to... Uh, parent better like what do you need because we have book recommendations for all of it and then the permanent jewelry girl that came shout out to stacked la 
she was listening to us have all these great conversations and she was working on our bracelets in our library office. Mm -hmm. Right. And she was like, uh, sent me a message. She said, I loved the conversations, loved, you know, all the energy from your girlfriends. Um, and if you could send some books my way, here's specifically what I'm working on. And I loved that about her. That's awesome. I love so, that. So we're going to talk about book recommendations. Okay. I did find that quote. You ready? Okay, go ahead. Uh, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Mm. And so I, mm. that's a big one, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and that's from Bill Bel Belichick, um, the head coach of the uh, Patriots. Mm -hmm. He was sitting down having a conversation with Ray Dalio, and they were talking about like goals and 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 leading an organization. And that really struck me. He said, you know, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. And it's kind of two parts. Like you could say, like, well, you don't have any direction. So just get on a road. It's going to take you there. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with that. Like when you're stuck, let's say when we got laid off mm -hmm. from our jobs and we didn't know which next step to take, any, any step will get you to the next place. Right. And so I totally, uh, that resonates with me a lot. Yeah. And then it also is, it, it tells you sometimes like you can be living life aimlessly. Yeah. Right? That was the second kind of meaning yeah. is like, well... You may not know where you're going, but you're going to wind up somewhere. somewhere. It may not be, be where you, you want to go. Be, right. Yeah. Because you haven't been really clear with yourself or with the universe or with people uh, in your life that can help you get there. So I thought that was a, a big one. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciated it because when you think about like leading an organization, leading people, leading yourself, um, consciously, consciously being uh, on purpose with the direction you're going and where you want to go is super important because even though you get there and you go, ah, I think this, I got there and I achieved this goal or I got to my objective. Um, but I didn't, it's not what I expected. Mm -hmm. You, you still got somewhere. You still have all the things that you learned along the way. So I think it's just one of those quotes that stuck out to me. I love it. Um, I don't have the whole quote, but I'm looking it up right now, but mine, I don't know if you remember, it was something about, the drift of neglect. Oh, yes. Right? Jim Rohn. It was Jim Rohn, the drift of neglect. And all of a sudden, the drift of neglect kind of reminds me of your quote. Like, well, where you wind up could be somewhere slow and painful because it was just a drift. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a hard choice right, to right. go left. It was like you were going straight and then you neglected to look at your finances. You neglected to put your relationship first. You neglected to be in pursuit of something and now the drift of neglect has you totally somewhere you shouldn't be right that was a great quote for me this year i love that yep so have some purpose and intention and then you'll wind up where you're supposed to go i guess is the what those directions are for yeah <laughs> and then the next one which is part of the, one of my the books uh, um that i read there was a really great quote it says the best thing about having money is that you can think about other things other than money mm facts <laughs> it's just, just facts. like you know you think about like people get to think about other things uh, other parts of their life that deeply yeah you know? i would change it to like the best part of having money is not having to think about not having money constantly right right like because you it keeps you up at night you're mm -hmm. like where is this going to come from it's like something you have control over, but in the moment, maybe you don't have control over. If like something's due right now that's unexpected, it keeps you up, your stress. Best part of having money is not having to stress about that, right? Yeah, and I think that, you know, that, that quote where people say, you know, the rich get richer. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that reigns true because the rich can think about other things than money mm -hmm. that actually generate money. Yeah. Right? And so... If if you're constantly in a place of driving ideas and you and you and you're living in this way that you're saying, hey, I just want to create something of value, and you're not in this kind of scarcity place, mm -hmm. um, you have the ability to now stack on top of your success other success. Yeah. Right. And so, I thought that was one. That and really I I mean resonated. you know we heard this interesting thing about Mr. Beast. Yeah. Getting chastised and burned you know burned at the stake because he wanted to be generous and mm -hmm. uh, pay for people to have eye surgery with the, the money the from cataract his surgery. Yeah. yeah. And people were like, "That's so ridiculous!" You know, um, you're you're basically what did they say? Something about a disability. You're. Well, they were labeling him as an ableist, right? right. And so basically saying that 
these disabilities need to be fixed. Like these people need to be fixed. Right. Like people don't need to be fixed. Right. Mm, it's my vision. I want you to fix it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> I don't know where you're going, but that, yeah, that's one of those things where I, you go, what is going on in our, in our world? Well, but, where I was going was, you know, somebody might be listening to this podcast saying, well, yeah, well, that'd be nice to have money. So that way I didn't have to stress about it and I could think about other things. But that's not the situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hear you. We've been right. there before. We've lost many nights of sleep because we were trying to figure out financially uh, where to go from where we were. And I think that you know, we have a ton of book recommendations <laughs> for how we changed the way we looked at finances and managed right. our finances. And I think that like the sticking point to that is like, well, people go, well, how do I get to that place? Well, I think you, you have to act as if, well, it's kind of like what you said. If you don't know where you're going, uh, any road will get you there. Right. Just you don't know what you're doing with money, so just pick up a book about money. Right. It'll get you there. But a lot of times, it's not about picking up a book about money. It's about picking up a book about creating something of value that other people want to buy that mm -hmm. will bring you money. Because that it's the old adage of like, if you chase money, it will run. Mm -hmm. But if you become a a beacon, if you become magnetic if you create something that attracts money then you that's what it's about right and so how, that's the thing you have to be thinking about is like how do i attract this thing that is only attracted to one thing and one thing only and money is only attracted to value so you have to find ways to create value and that's where i think the books can come into play yeah because those books can give you ideas of what you can do to attract money yep for sure. 100%. Okay, so let's get into the book recommendations. I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, so I, I obviously, you know, every year we, you know, we haven't had like a book goal. I mean, maybe we'll do that next year. Like, like For you and I? Yeah, like how many books we want to read. I think we just whip through as many as we can. I, <laughs> I don't think I need a goal. I think I'm pretty driven around that. <laughs> I don't I mean, need I, another challenge. I know. I, I don't know. I was just saying that. So I, but I, I don't think you do either. No, I know. Because there's no space. No. <laughs> Fun fact, we just got rid of a whole box of books. We did. We did. So, um, so I, I have... I think four books that I wanted to just mention. And so the first one, we can just alternate. Sound good? No, you go first. I want oh, you to all get four? it all out. Yeah. No, that's too long. Okay, go. Okay, I'll, I'll go on the first one. So the first book was, I was in this situation where I was trying to mm. um, communicate um, to someone in our lives, right, mm -hmm. that I have a tough time communicating with, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, the, the idea is to find ways to find common ground, to find understanding. I'm not trying to win a debate or win an argument. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's a big, big piece. I think that in relationships that you struggle to connect with someone um, when it comes to difficult conversations or conflicts, uh, it's important to find out different strategies and how to, to connect, right, so that you can get to a place of, of, of understanding. So the book that I, I read was called Talking to Crazy. Mm. Uh, and it's a book that offers a lot of insights around dealing with, uh, you know, irrational or difficult people in our lives. And everybody has someone in our lives that you can say it's difficult um, to com communicate with, right? Mm -hmm. It's difficult to connect with, or you, you, when it comes to things that are really, uh, you know, hard to talk about, they become sometimes irrational because it's too emotional for them, right? right? And so this book is, is written by Mark um, Galsting, and he's, a, he's basically a clinical psychologist. And so he break, breaks down the many strategies of managing challenging interactions. Okay. And so one of the big things I took from that is um, this is idea that he talks about with um, the cycle of sanity and how to break it. And so how not to fall into it. Because I think when you're dealing with someone that you find that that's difficult, you have to be careful that you're not falling into this irrational place as well because what they're saying you're no longer listening to because you've already discredited what they say because you find them irrational. Mm -hmm. And so it requires you to have a certain level of empathy and to give play to things that you may not in the past not give play to. Mm -hmm. So you start when it's... So entertain their bullshit. Ex yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. that's a My words. To, your words. And so it was one of those things where you say, okay, I'm going to offer some empathy and I'm going to give you some verbal uh, affirmations that I hear what you're saying. So I'm actively listening to those types of things and responding in a way 
so that we can carry on the conversation and keep it as as de-escalated as possible. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a book that, that can help you uh, with any difficult conversations with anyone, Talking, talking to, to crazy, crazy. Is, is the first one to go with. And so you give that five stars out of five? Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I'll give it a four and a half. Okay. You know, what could they have done four. to get five? That's kind of a harsh <laughs> rating if you liked it. No, it's not a harsh rating. You think that's harsh no, rating? No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just no, I thought it was difficult. good. No, I thought it was good. Some some of the ideas in there, I think I, I would lower, I would rank it lower because I have heard some of those ideas, like reframing, um, you know, using empathy as like jujitsu. Someone says something, and so you kind of use what they just said back to them so that they can hear it from another vantage point. Um, those are things. I so think they know that, you're listening. Not only do they hear that, know that they're listening, but you like if you said something irrational in a sense. So what you're saying is is that because I want to do this, this is what creates a problem for you. And like you say it back to them, and then when they hear it, even though that they would normally disagree, hearing it back in the, in the, in the version that's reframed, but also with empathy, it sheds different light. And so then they, you can hopefully get to a place where you can say, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Now we can agree. Okay. So did it work with the crazy person you were talking to? Uh, sort of, kind of. Okay. Not all the way. Okay. Well, I looked up just for fun books on communicating through conflict. And there's a book that comes up really high rated on Amazon also. And it says, I said this, you heard that. Mm. That's a pretty good title. Yeah. So if you're looking to, you know, strengthen your communication. We can't vouch for that one. Right. But talking to crazy. Talking to crazy. I love that. Okay. Uh, Do you want to go through another book? You go first. Okay. My book recommendations for 2023. um, There are. Quite a few, though. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so one book is The Mountain Is You. That's by Brianna Weist. Mm-hmm. And she also wrote this book that I'm going to start reading soon. It's called The Pivot Year because I'm looking for a pivot year. Mm. Kind of cool, like that. Yeah, right? Yeah. It seems like it might be like a daily affirmation type of thing. So I need to do some more research. But I liked the title, The Pivot Year, because I want to pivot. Um, but the mountain is you is similar to the book that I would like to write, but my title is not so great. My title is what if you're the fucking problem? Your title is great. Okay. And her title is the mountain is you. I think you're saying her her is kinder. It is kinder. (laughs) Right. But it gives you all these revelations about how the things that you, um, deem as challenges in your life. Like, have you created any of that? Is the friction coming from your belief system or your mindset, the way you're looking at things, the way you're approaching things? And so if you think you might be the problem or you don't know if you're the problem, but you've got problems in your life, I think that that's worth reading. The Mountain is You. But I really like uh, The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan. Mm. So The Gap and the Gain, and I always mess up the title. I think it should be From Gap to Gain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But basically in your life, um, you know, when we're goal setting, especially for the new year, we talk about, let's say it's a monetary thing. Like I want to make, I, I make $100,000 this year, but I want to get to $150,000, right. right? So if you start obsessing about the gap, the 50000 yeah, you'll probably get there at some point. But the book suggests that you should always focus on the gain. Mm-hmm. Like you make $100,000 this year, but it would be more helpful to go back and look to see when you made $50,000 what did you do to get from 50,000 to 100,000? Mm-hmm. And how can you, one, give yourself credit for that, two, feel really proud? It's basically saying it generates energy from a different place versus scarcity and lack. You're generating it from something you already have confidence around. Yeah. And so I sent that book to quite a few people. My sister loves it. And in fact, anytime we talk about anything and she gets negative, she's like, oh, focus on the gain, focus on the gain. And so I love that for her. I love that because I think innately I am a focus on the game mm-hmm. person. So I'm looking at um, the optimism that comes from that. And so I think that, you know, I haven't read the book, but I would imagine that, you know, you, you have to be one objective with your, yourself of understanding that there is a gap, but the only way you're going to get there is focusing on the gain and making sure that you constantly have progressive and mile markers through through the path that you're taking, whatever it may be. So I think that that's super um, inspirational. Yeah, my sister loves it. And I think, um, you know, it's worth it if you are constantly feeling like you're not where you want to be. I think that's um, 
that's something you got to figure out a strategy to kind of overcome because you're never going to be where you want to be, right? Like you're always probably going to be shooting or striving or trying to get to a different place, but you can do it joyous. You Mm -hmm. can do it not from a place of lack or scarcity and you can do it with great enthusiasm and confidence, even though it's something you might not have ever done. Yeah, so I, I love that. So I'll, I'll go into my next book. You ready for that? Sure. Okay. So then mine is is called The Capitalist Manifesto. Okay. Written by no, uh, Johan Norberg. Mm-hmm. Norbert. Um, so this is interesting because this is the basically talks about the philosophy and, and defense of capitalism. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Why did you pick that title and who would read that? Like, what were you hoping to gain from that? I didn't did write want, it. Oh, you told me. Oh, but did you, <laughs> did you read? Did I say read? Right. Yeah, you right. said write. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you pick that title mm-hmm. and who was it written for? Like mm. Capitalist Manifesto. Is that someone that wants to learn about capitalism? Is it someone who's the anti-capitalist? Like who would read that? Who was the book written for? Um, I think the book is written for anyone that's interested in how capitalism works. Okay. Right. And so we are in a, if you have any type of curiosity of, of the kind of the anatomy, the kind of the inner workings of capitalism or the philosophy that goes into capitalism, this is for you. And the reason why I thought it was super interesting is because, you know, we live in a world of democracy and then there's a lot, a lot of our world is, is, is socialized, right? So there's, you know, this, you know, when you think about how the government plays a part in, in many different aspects, whether they are um, funding things. And so we saw over the last few years, a lot of socialistic programs, right? And and I thought that, that those are interesting. Sometimes it's needed, right? Mm-hmm. But um, what this is arguing, this book was arguing, is that you know when we do that, we actually hurt our economy over time. And so th- this book really breaks down, uh, and, and with data and, and and different types of fact findings of how capitalism is the best system we have found for our uh, economy, mm-hmm. and how economies at scale when they have free liberated capitalism they grow exponentially right where uh countries that do not that have either you know authoritarian or or communism rule where capitalism is not necessarily the most important thing or not driven they have a slow growth and then they have less prosperity Mm. and so he argues that you know and he uses a lot of data Mm -hmm. that majority of the prosperity are found in free capitalist world um economies and these are economies that allow um you know entrepreneurs business owners to grow and continue to compete for customers and not be subsidized so much by government mm-hmm. so i thought it was interesting um he he talks about one of the interesting um topics is monopolies versus minecraft okay and so monopolies are are about this limited system of limited space where people quickly buy it all up mm-hmm. right and then everyone now is subject to paying um, to, to play, mm-hmm. right? So everything you land on, you have to pay, right? It, there's not necessarily growth beyond that, except for hopefully you own some pieces on the board mm-hmm. uh, and maybe you get a paycheck because you pass go, okay. right? Where in Minecraft, you have this free open market where people are actually collaborating to build. And so he talks about, uh, and I, I know Jordan plays Minecraft or she watches it as well. Well, people go into these worlds and they, they use resources and they trade resources to build these endless worlds that continue to build upon each other and there's no limit, mm-hmm. right? And so I thought that was really interesting because I think that there is something to be said about like how do you, you know, continue to promote this, this type of system that continues to grow and, and, and really is a, is a lot of what our prosperity comes from in the United States. So mm. interesting book. If you're so interested, you're still a raging capitalist. Uh, <laughs> that's what the kids call us. Uh, <laughs> it was very convincing that capitalism, I believe capitalism is the best system um, that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it is the, it is where we'll find prosperity. It is also where we'll find the best of uh, uh, the services and the goods that we're looking for in a competitive market. Yeah. There's certain things I wish, you know, were a part of capitalism, like the DMV. Yeah. 100%. Or um, what else is government funded? Um, uh, I mean, we talked mostly about the DMV, but what's another example of like if 
companies were allowed to compete in this marketplace, then the government would have to step it up, right? If there were competitors. Yeah, I think we were talking about things that just like are, are janky systems. So mm -hmm. we talked about like the DMV. We talked about um, what were we doing that it was it's government ran. It was it's just horrible. I forgot what it was. Yeah, but. I can't think of anything right now. But it was like okay, well they kind of have you by the balls because there's no competitors. There's no other company. You have to go this route. Oh, Passport. passports. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you if you privatize the passport. Uh, industry, how quickly you would be able to get yeah. a passport. Right? Because you would be able to pay for an expedited service and like companies would be trying to figure out how to do outdo other companies, which for the end result, which would be the customer, there'd be greater customer satisfaction. Right. Yeah. And, and I thought it was interesting because I think a lot of times people live in a capitalistic world and then they shun it Mm -hmm. even though they benefit from it. Right. Give right? an example <laughs> of how people benefit from it. Um, Amazon, mm -hmm. right? And so the obvious thing is that when you think about Amazon, people go, oh, I, you know. Jeff they, Bezos. Jeff Bezos mm -hmm. and, and all these different things. You know, And obviously it's another story how they treat their employees, right? But for the most part, Amazon's existence has improved our life, yeah. right? From a standpoint of how quickly we can get goods and services and then the competitive nature behind that. Mm -hmm. Because if it wasn't for them, then your local store that you normally order groceries for, that wouldn't exist, mm -hmm. right? And so you can really say that it was the beginning of direct to your home, instantaneous, yep. get it same day, get it the next day. Amazon changed my life. It changes your life, yep. right? And so now you can get goods and services that are less, less expensive simply because there are more competitive uh, um, avenues out there and because and also when you look at Amazon, how many businesses it creates, yeah. right? Because all of those are individual sellers. Well, just without capitalism, we wouldn't have Amazon, but we also wouldn't have things like Instacart or Uber Eats mm -hmm. or like all of the things that we reap benefits from, right? Because you can't just right. create whatever you want, but we have an open open kind of marketplace in America so you can create whatever you want. Hundred percent. And if so. you don't like it, you can move. You can definitely go. <laughs> To a place that does not have capitalism, but I will guarantee you. So that way everything's even, Stephen. Right. I guarantee you there will be things that you would be like, I wish this was better. Yeah. Right. And you would have less provisions. You would definitely be um, kind of scrutinized for what you can and cannot do. Like there's just more regulation. Right. I like to be free. Right. 100%. So, um, okay. Is it my turn? Uh, it is your turn. Okay. Um, pivoting definitely hardcore left <laughs> away from capitalism books. I'm going to go with the fact that this year I very much enjoyed memoirs. Mm. And so, um, I'll give you a couple cause I tried to put them in different categories, but addiction and loss. I mean, Matthew Perry, um, he has a book called friends, lovers, and the big terrible thing. Definitely recommend that if you know someone that's battling addiction, um, because I think the book really led me to see how easy it is to just get hooked on opioids. Yeah. And um, it wasn't something I think he was seeking, but it was something he spent, you know, four decades trying to get away from. And that was really tragic. Um, another one, if you've got childhood trauma, um, there were a couple of books. One, which is Thicker Than Water, Carrie Washington. I went to her book signing. She talks about how her dad, she finds out her dad's not her biological dad. That's a whole thing. Um, I thought that that was a good book, but I also read Counting the Cost by Jill Duggar. Mm -hmm. um, it was a show, like I think it was called 19 Duggar, Duggar's 19 and Counting, something like that. And that was super eye-opening because they were like a super religious family but the dad was getting paid, obviously, by the network, saying that he was giving the money to the kids. They never saw any of that. So that was a really interesting book. But my favorite book that was a memoir of this year um, is by Paris Hilton, which I know nothing about. Like, hmm. I never watched a Paris Hilton show, know nothing about her life, but I randomly saw that there were tons of uh, five-star reviews. And so it's Paris by Paris Hilton. And her childhood is insane. And the fact that she speaks so lovingly about the fact that she doesn't appreciate or love the decisions that her parents made, but she knows that they didn't make them out of like malicious intent. They made them out of love. Yeah. And so I think it's a book about forgiveness and 
not holding grudges and, you know, overcoming a lot of shit that most people don't have to overcome. And so I'm a huge fan. I sent it to Drea and she downloaded it the other day and she goes, oh my God, I'm almost done with it. Like in one day. And she loves it. My sister too. So yeah, I've shared those. So if you ever want to get Janelle to read anything or, you know, buy anything, make it a five-star review. Oh, I'm so hooked on social proof is a big thing for me. If you bring something to me and I'm like, what is that? That looks stupid. And you're like, there are 50,000 five-star reviews. I'm in. Is it because you feel like there's something missing? No, I feel like it must be tried and proven then. Like, I mean, I just ordered a lighter that had all these thousands of reviews. That I almost shocked and killed myself with. Nobody told you to stick your finger in it, you dummy. And he's like, I burned myself. Well, no shit. It was a a combination of burn. Burning and, and shock. Yeah, it's also a taser. Yeah, it's, oh, it is, no. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely, I'm going to get got if there's like reviews on anything. So that leads me to, should I say my number one book or do you have another one? I have, I have another one. Okay, so then we'll finish it with our number, like our one top bo- picks. Okay. I don't have just one book. I have a couple. So go ahead. So um, the next book is really about, it was a professional book, right? So okay. this one was, is called Smart Brevity. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah. And so um, this book was interesting because it 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 really ste- it's a practical book about stepping you through how to have effective and concise communication, uh, especially in this modern pa- and fast life. And so, it, professionally, it's it's important because I truly believe in as a leader that the better I improve my communication, the more sharp I can be, the more concise I can be the closer I get to execution. And, I've, and I, I tell this to my leaders and I say, hey, like things that you do that either, either it's too long or maybe it's not concise, just know people got lost. They get mm-hmm. lost and then before you know it, you've got seven to eight different points in, in the last two minute conversation you just had where the other person didn't say a thing. Whatever you just said is lost. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I actually got this book for all of my leaders and at one point and I said, hey, read this because I was getting emails and Slack messages that were way too long or in my conversations about different business aspects was too lengthy mm-hmm. uh, and I weren't getting to the heart of the things. And so um, this so book- Speed it up and shorten it. A hundred percent. And so uh, this book is actually written by the folks that do um, uh, uh, Axos, uh, Axos, I believe that the name of the, the it's basically an online news. Mm-hmm. And so they have a format mm-hmm. um, that they used uh, when they, as, as far as when they write different articles to keep them short, and to sweet. keep them really short. And so mm. it, it even has like what matters. And then if you want to go deeper, it says go deeper and you can click on mm. it and it opens up to a little bit longer um, news article. But I find that that um, is a really effective way to love do that. that. Wouldn't it be Axios, great? Sorry. Axios. Wouldn't it be great if you were talking to someone and you just like, you go bloop and you hit a button that says short version, please. Yeah. And then you were like, mm, I didn't quite get that. Bloop. Uh, I want the longer version. Can you please expand? <laughs> well, I always say this, like when you're communicating, <laughs> communicate in a way where it keeps people tr- intrigued and you know you're doing it if they have questions. Mm-hmm. If people don't have questions, and it doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but it probably means that you spoke for way too long and they didn't find what you said to matter much. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they didn't have any questions. Say it with less words. But say it with less words, but also say it in a way that's really concise, concise. and packaged well, mm-hmm. where people are like, well, tell me more. Right. Right. And so that's a really good place to be. And then I have my number one book. So I can go after you or. Okay. Well, here's a couple of, um, well, I have two books that, yeah. Okay. So I'll do that. I did send this book to my sister, though, Unconditional Parenting by Alfie Khan. That was a YouTuber that I follow who's not even a parent, but he said it was one of the books that he loved this year. And so I sent it to my sister and my brother-in-law. I was like, hey, I don't have any young kids, but this book was supposedly rated super high Uh by even non-parents. And so one of uh, I listened to a few minutes of it. And one of the uh, tips that they share is like, be very careful if you have young kids that you're not rewarding for the outcome. 
you're rewarding for the journey. Mm. So let's say that they get the lead role in the school play. You know, you wouldn't be like, oh, my God, it's because you're so talented. You know, you were the best out of everyone. Like, I'm so excited for you to shine in this role. You would want to say something along the lines of, you know, it's because you worked so hard and you had all of your lines memorized and hard work pays off. And so you're acknowledging something that got them there that is part of the journey that they can replicate in other areas, not just, you know, for the achievement. I think that's so good. Yeah. Love that. I mean, I think that when we think about our kids now and it's, it goes back to that, um, you know, that when you recognize, you don't recognize them for being smart, you Mm -hmm. recognize them for being a hard worker. Right. Right. And it's a very big difference Mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. And so think about it. I mean, when our kids were little, we did say, you're so smart. Well, then they get a B and they feel like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. (laughs) I'm going to hide my report card. True story that happened. (laughs) And so then you have to start like, okay, well, what am I encouraging? I'm encouraging the outcome, but I Mm -hmm. really need to be encouraging the day-to-day habits that I want them to kind of hone in and leverage so that way we know that if they continue to repeat these things throughout their journey, they'll have great results. And it makes me think like, God, I wish I would have caught the kids working hard Mm -hmm. and said, hey, I think you're doing a really good job. I love how you're working hard. Like just like little like moments like that where they reinforce that they're doing the right thing that, and I think sometimes when the when you just look at the outcome and things are challenging and they're supposed to be smart then they think this is hard because i'm not smart anymore yeah, and so i just give mm-hmm. up and i can't, and i don't want to do it anymore or there's a problem all those things right yeah. but i think the big thing is is like recognizing that journey i think is yep. huge okay so my two um i my three best books so okay, three, you only have one i know but best memoir i would give it to paris Um, My best personal and professional development book, business Mm. development too, um, is going to be Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter by 50 Cent, which I didn't think I would ever say that, but I would say that that's my number one like development book of the year. Very um, much filled with great stories, like relatability, things that no matter who you are or what level you're at in business or career or even um, personally, I think that there is a lot of great learnings in there. I sent it to my brother-in-laws. They very much loved it. And my brother Mitchell's like, you got to send me some more. And I'm like, okay, well, 50 Cent has another book, so start there. But it was really well-written. And then the other one um, is... The 4-Hour Body by Tim Ferriss. Mm. If you're looking to take your health to the next level in the upcoming year, I think you should start with this book. It's honestly really thick. It it's looks really like good. a Bible. Maybe All start Tim with Ferriss a, books are big. But start with the Audible version, right? Because the Audible version, he's going to explain things to you. And sometimes the science stuff can get a little like tricky. But he'll say, don't get lost in the sauce. This is what you need to do. And one of the just tips that helped me this year is like within 30 minutes of waking up, drink 30 ounces of water, which no problem for me, but also eat 30 um, ounces of protein. Yeah. 30 grams of protein. Sorry. And um, that with weight training, you don't have to train as much as you think you do. Like when we were competing, we were working out like six, seven days a week. Don't have to do that. I can see all my muscles right now. Um, and so I had a really good health year and I attribute a lot of, you know, like the mindset stuff and just like getting back into the swing of things to Tim Ferriss's book. So the four hour body is my recommendation there. Yep. Not to be confused with the four hour work week. Yeah. But different, different, but, but same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my number one book uh, is a book about creativity. So it's the creative act, mm-hmm. a, a way of being by Rick Rubin. Mm hmm. And this book um, is fantastic. I bought you your own version. I don't think you've read it yet. I didn't. (laughs) But if you do, Mm -hmm. I think you would enjoy it. Um, But he shares his philosophy around creativity and drawing from different experiences. And if you don't know Rick Rubin, he is what you could consider a creative. And a creative is someone that, from what I understand, he does not necessarily play any instruments but he is like the conductor of producing. So he produces music uh, and he has engineers and he has artists that perform things that he has an ear for what should it sound like. Mm-hmm. And he kind of directs through, through that uh, compass. But you know, one of the things I took from that was, a, there's a lot of really great learnings. I think the book is all marked up that I have. 
um, he talks about the art of co collaboration, right? And so sometimes um, you as a artist have a limit limited capability as a as a technician in a sense, right? So I may have an idea, but I don't have the skill set to bring that idea to life. So I need to collaborate with Janelle because I know she has a skill set to bring what I have in my head to life and being okay with that. Mm. And I think that that part of collaboration, however it fits in your life, whether it be for work, whether it be for your business, whether whatever it may be, was an eye opener for me because I think that there are times you can get stuck and there's an idea in your head and one, you're too you're scared to tell someone if you think someone's gonna steal your idea. Mm -hmm. Two, you, you just are not a collaborator by nature, and so you prefer to just not do anything than to put it into someone else's hands who could probably expedite this idea and bring it to life. But he also just talks about like how to overcome creativity issues where you feel like you're stuck. And mm -hmm. so um, really, really uh, enlightening book, and I thought it's amazing. So That's great. Along the lines of creativity, um, just right back here, this was one of my top picks from last year was Still Like an Artist by Austin uh, Cleon. Uh, really great. Yeah. Great book. If you're an artist, creative, you make things. No, yeah. But it basically has the idea that like nothing's original. Right. So you may as well use inspiration and then pay homage to uh, wherever you got the inspiration from and stop being so shady about thinking that you were like the best and came up with this great idea. Right. So I love that. And then uh, just to kind of like last year, my in case you're like new to books, one of my favorite books I read last year was called um, I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. Mm -hmm. That was a great book. And I really did like Spare by Prince Henry. There you go. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that hopefully will help you with some gift giving ideas that'll help you maybe get your mindset right around not only finishing the year off strong, but getting into the habit of learning and developing yourself personally or professionally going into the new year. And so that's why we thought that this would be a good episode. Yeah. Yep. I'm so glad I could read. And I hope yeah, you all thank can God. too. I'm, you, I'm so glad I have vision and right, eyesight. Right. Thank God I can see. Thank Absolutely. God I can see how beautiful you are, honey. Oh, you too. And look at you showing off your fancy mm -hmm. hat. Yep. This is my people. Christmas present Maybe to myself. Everyone sees her wonderful Yankee hat. Yep. Um, so that's it. We right. will see you guys in the next um, episode. I'm wondering what you're going to be giving for Christmas, though. Like, what are some Christmas uh, gift giving ideas for 2023? We had a white elephant gift exchange. And there were a couple of people that we invited last minute that were like, I want to come, but I don't have time to get a gift. And I was like, don't worry. I got you. Just Venmo me like 25 or 30 bucks. And I got the best gifts. Like mm -hmm. I gave really, really great gifts. So the you white elephant was good. Yeah. Anyways, push through guys. All right. We'll see through. you in the next episode. Bye. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to the push podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through